Welcome to this week's Energy Show. This week, we're going to talk about lowering the cost for rooftop solar installations. And there's ways to do that. And the reason why it's significant is if you're a homeowner, you can find installers who take advantage of some of these what I call best practices in the industry. That way, they'll be able to install a system for you for less money. And for rooftop installers who are listening, it's going to help you lower your costs so you can operate more efficiently. Now, you may know a lot of these ideas. You may have seen them out there. And I'm going to throw a bunch of them out there so that you can try them and see if they're going to work for you because they certainly made a big difference for my solar installation business. So first, let's start off with taking a look at why rooftop solar systems are so expensive. Now, I like to talk in nice round numbers. So we're going to talk about a typical... 5,000 watt residential rooftop system. That's usually like 20 solar panels, maybe 250 watts or so, and you can certainly get bigger ones. But that's a nice round number. Now, these systems in the industry, when when somebody puts them on their house and pays the, the retail rate, they cost about $4 a watt or $20,000. Now, I apologize for you homeowners um, because we start talking about numbers per watt. That's how we talk in the solar industry, but it's just a, a good way to gauge the different costs of the components. So that system is going to cost you, a homeowner, about $20,000. That's how much you're going to pay the solar installer. And with the solar investment tax credit that's still in place to the end of next year and the 2016, it's going to cost you net about $14,000. We talked about what the economics for that system are in other shows, so we're not going to get into the details here. Now, of that $20,000, most solar installers make about a 25% gross profit. And that gross profit covers their overhead expenses, things like insurance and rent and trucks and tools and office assistance and a myriad other things, plus a little bit of a profit. So um, out of that uh, $20,000, 5000 or 25% is the gross profit, goes to cover the overhead. And the cost of goods sold, the rest of it, is about $15,000. That cost of goods sold includes all the equipment and all the direct labor. So, by the way, these numbers only apply if you actually buy a system or own the system. If you lease a system, it's very interesting, but if you lease a system, the costs for that system to the installer are more like 5 or $6 a watt. They're way more, mainly because the financing process is so expensive and they have a very different overhead structure and customer acquisition process. We'll talk about that more in a minute. And it does have some significance for you because it helps you find ways to get a cheaper system if you're a homeowner. Now, let's look at these costs. The accountants call them cost to goods sold, and these are basically the equipment and the labor. The, by far, the biggest cost in the system used to be the solar panels. So, you know, when I started, those panels used to be closer to $900 each. One panel, $900. We were really careful never to break one. Now the solar panels themselves, even in you know not incredibly big volumes and small volumes, cost about $200 each. So the industry's made huge strides in terms of reducing the cost of the solar panels, and that's the biggest reason why costs in the industry have come down a bunch. The inverters, which convert the DC into AC, used to cost about $2,500. Now they're about $2,000. You can buy cheaper ones, um, but the most common reliable ones still cost a couple grand. The next is what we in the industry call balance the system. That's kind of everything else, the racking, the wiring, the control boxes, the, the electrical conduit, things like that. That used to cost maybe 1500 and now you might be able to get it for about 1000 And the remaining cost is the labor, and there's still a lot of labor involved. And interestingly, although some systems have gotten more efficient to install, there's new requirements out there. So the net labor costs haven't really changed a lot. 
All right. Now, let's look at the remaining overhead costs. These overhead costs really add up. And this is kind of what's clobbering the solar industry in the United States for a variety of reasons. So one of the big ones is called customer acquisition. That's all the advertising, the marketing, the sales process, the sales software, sales compensation, things like that. Also in overhead, you have the work to do the contracts and the financing documents. And you know, some of these are fairly standard, but it could take several revisions and, and backs and forths and people reviewing these documents. You've got financing costs. So sometimes there's a, if you're going to lease or get a PPA for a system or you know maybe even a bank loan, there's going to be some costs involved for financing. It's kind of like a mortgage. There's a mortgage broker, there's a financing expert, and there's financing fees. Now, every system has what I call the next set of costs, the engineering, the permitting, the interconnection. This is the internal labor that needs to be done, the internal office work that needs to be done to get these things done. And then, you know, there's some field work also. Then you've got the back office work, the administrative people. You have purchasing, warehousing, kitting, things that happen at the solar company. You've got vehicle maintenance. And then you've got service support and warranty expenses because um, the installers that expect to be in business for a long time have to account for those. So what's interesting is these overhead costs, although for a small local installer selling easy cash deals, might be only three or $4,000. For bigger installers that are doing a lot of systems, especially systems that are financed, these overhead costs can be, you know, seven or eight, even $10,000 for a typical system. It just kind of blows me away. It's a dollar and a half to $2 a watt. And that's because they have a much bigger operation with much more overhead. And the cost of running a business that relies on solar financing, very, very high. It's expensive to have call centers, high-profile TV and radio advertising, armies of salespeople and managers and regional managers, financing costs. So what I find completely bizarre, but it's the reality, is for many of these very large finance-based installers, their costs, their costs, not what they sell for, but their costs are over $25,000 to install a system when all is said and done, when you account for everything. And these are the systems that, you know, the small local installer, like Cinnamon Solar, I mean, we're selling those systems for $20,000 and making a little bit of money. So believe it or not, their costs are much more than the cash selling price. And if they were to sell on a cash basis, they're going to lose money. That's why they almost never, ever sell on a cash basis. So if you really push them to sell you a system, they're going to charge you a lot of money and they'd much rather arrange for some kind of finance or loan. So, but how do they make money? The way that a lot of these companies make money because they're relying on financing is there's a lot of profitability in the financing process itself. So it's kind of interesting, but if you take a step back, these companies, many of the companies, and you know, hats off to them for being so successful and for driving down the costs and increasing the volume and, and really getting more solar out there. But these are really financing companies that install solar as a technique to generate the financing revenue. And we are all benefiting in the sense that the air is cleaner and getting more solar deployed and cost for the equipment is on a trend to come down. But it's an expensive way to acquire solar. But I digress a little bit. Let's focus on what you can do and what other installers can do to reduce their costs. So I've got five tips that I learned the hard way, trying a lot of things over the last 15 years. And we're going to kind of go through those. So if you're an installer, I'd suggest you try one of these. You may think they're a little bit wacky, but they're working pretty well for me. And if you're a homeowner, I suggest you find an installer that uses some of these cost-saving techniques. All right. So without further ado, 
Let's kind of dive right in. The first one, which kind of surprised me, is, is what I call remote design software. Now, here's the typical solar sales process. Customer, a homeowner says, hey, I want to get solar. They may call a local installer. They may fill out a form on a website. If you fill out a form on a website with your phone number and your address, you're going to probably start getting phone calls. I guarantee you're going to get phone calls within the next three or four minutes, even if it's in the middle of the night, uh, because that information goes out to a call center and there are operators literally standing by to talk to you and to help you get solar. So the sales process is you're going to contact the company. They're going to talk to you on the phone, make sure that you have a house in their territory and you've got kind of a good roof. And then the way we used to do it, is we would send a salesperson out with a ladder. And they would arrange a time to come to your house and climb up the roof. You know, this was 10, 15 years ago. They'd measure the roof and, and, and put some drawings on there and you know, a little graph paper and see how many panels fit here, there, wherever, and put in some dimensions with a tape measure. And they'd come back and then they'd say, okay, we can fit, say, 22 panels on the roof and let's close the deal. And so that was the start of the process. The problem is the salesperson's really there to sell. He or she is, is generally not an engineer, not a draftsman. They're not going to be perfect with the measurements. Sometimes they can't even reach sections of the roof, and, and it's you know kind of dangerous. You may not want your salespeople climbing around a roof if they're not properly tied in. Your installers are experts up there, but not the salespeople. There was always an issue there. It's not perfect. So here's the big innovation. I really have to give a tremendous amount of credit to a company called Sungevity here in the Bay Area. I think they're based in Oakland. They were the ones that came out with a process to use satellite photos of the roof. And then they would overlay the satellite photos with some software and see how many panels would fit and, and kind of get some estimates based on the satellite photos. Now, you know, eight or nine years ago, I was very skeptical because I did not think it would be as accurate as sending up my you know, professional salespeople with a pencil, graph paper, and a pad to measure. But I've come to the conclusion over the last few years that it is much better. And by using some of these remote design tools that we've developed internally, but other installers can get kind of almost for free, you can be just as accurate as a salesperson up there with a tape measure. The satellite photos are extremely accurate. There may be some shading things that you might not see. There may be some, you know, little tiny changes to the roof or a vent pipe that was tiny that didn't show up on the roof. But in reality, what I found is even a, a perfect drawing by a draftsman to the inch on the roof, when the installers get up there and they start drilling into the roof looking for rafters, there's other things that are hidden. So the array always, not always, but often has to change around a little bit. And you might as well use the satellite photos because it's going to be almost as accurate. So here's what I found. The accuracy is literally, you know, within millimeters. The process to go from customers interested to here's a diagram of how many panels fit on the roof, it's something that can be done in 10 to 15 minutes and you can get right back to the customer. You can do, even do this often when you're on the phone with the customer, you know, as an installer. Instead of two to five days, a separate trip, making an appointment, it's also much safer. So at the end of the day, this process of using remote design software lowers your selling costs. And what also is nice is that as a result of this measurement, you can print out the picture of the roof with the panels on there and use those pictures literally to help create the building permit. So sometimes you don't even need the engineer to draft picture of where the panels go because you can overlay that on an actual photo of the roof. And that saves some time. And the software 
is, as I mentioned, there is some software that's out there that's free. It might not be perfect. We're using some pretty good software at, at Cinnamon Solar. And it's really nice to be able to sit down with a homeowner with your laptop and kind of go through it and say, this is the way the system's really going to look on your roof. And if the, the homeowner says, hey, I, you know, I want to move those four panels to this section of the roof. Yes, I know the roof isn't as good over there because it might be east instead of south, but they want to do that. It's very easy to move it around. So it's great. All right, next tip. This is all about standardizing, and my recommendation is sell one type of system. Standardize your product offerings. Get very efficient with one combination of inverters, of solar panels, and racking. That's going to make it easier for your salespeople to sell a system because they know they're going to know what they're doing. It's going to make it much easier for you to purchase and keep everything in stock. It's going to make it much easier for you to do the engineering because whoever's doing your sales and whoever's doing your design and engineering is always going to kind of do the same thing. They're not going to have to figure out different equipment. And it's going to make it easier for your installers because they're going to be experts in one style of installation, say microinverters with integrated racking or say, you know, a certain kind of racking with 40 millimeter thick panels with standard string inverters. Just always do the same thing. Now, the reason why this works is the panels have become pretty interchangeable as long as they're all about the same dimensions. And they all are. The residential panels are almost all 60 cell panels. They're about 39 inches wide by 65 inches high, you know, within half an inch from every manufacturer. So they're pretty interchangeable, just different wattages, and that's easy to calculate. The inverters are tricky to configure, and it's very tricky to monitor them. So you know, my advice is don't sell every inverter. Find one kind, one manufacturer that you like, and then just always use those. And even though you may pay a little bit more for that inverter, you're going to find that the rest of the business is operating more efficiently. The racking is also tricky to use different styles and different types of racking. So I've always used one kind of racking, and that way my truck has that one style of racking on it. It has the clips for that racking. It has the splices for that racking. It has the grounding for that racking. And it's always kind of a nightmare when we have to go do some maintenance on a real old system or there's some kind of weird special request to use a different racking system that we've got to go out and make special purchases for all the little fiddly part that that one different kind of racking requires. So standardize on the racking. That's why installers, the ones that are kind of probably the most successful, have a relatively small menu. It's like McDonald's and Burger King. The food is cheaper and it can still be quite good. If you do the same thing again and again, if the menu's relatively limited, they get really good at doing one thing. They all cook it the same way. It's all perfect. It's all standardized and their costs are lower. And if you're an installer that customizes every system, it's like a really big menu at a restaurant. You know, you can go into McDonald's and, you know, get some food standardized food for five or six bucks. You go into a, a bigger restaurant with a bigger menu, it's going to cost you 15 or $20 because everything's customized, much bigger menu. So remember, from a homeowner standpoint, the panels and the inverters are all about the same. They all operate about the same way. No big differences. So if you find an installer that has standardized on one style of system, they're probably going to be able to give you a better deal and you're probably going to end up with something that's going to be more reliable in the long term because it's, it's just going to be more common equipment. All right. Suggestion number three, outsource your engineering. So what every building department that I've ever worked with in the United States wants to see engineering plans for a rooftop system. So you got to get a building permit and the building permit requires maybe five or 10 pages. Sometimes they have to be 11 by 17 inches of information, a roof diagram, a site plan of the house, 
data sheets on the panels and in the inverters, details on the kind of racking and where the racking is going to be mounted and how the racking is going to be mounted, electrical drawings. They look for one or two line electrical drawings that show how everything is wired together, wire size calculations, and little details on all the little equipment that has to get installed. So you basically every installer needs an engineer or somebody that's trained to create these plans. And this engineer basically takes the salesperson's proposal, maybe some photographs that were taken at the job site, the sketch of the roof, or as I suggested, a printout from the satellite photos showing the layout of the panels on the roof. And they take that information from the salesperson and turn it into the plans. Now, the way I used to do it, Because I had a big room full of engineers. I had like 20 engineers doing plans. And because of all the changes that were required, and I'll talk about ways to almost eliminate the changes in the jobs, even the best engineers, (laughs) this is amazing, even the best engineers could not come close to doing one system a day, every day, all year long. I mean, sometimes they might be able to bang out two in a week, but then they would kind of hit a block. And then, you know, literally they sometimes would only get one done a week because they had so many other distractions, so many other changes, so many other things to do. So what ended up happening is when we were selling a lot, we never had enough engineers. The backlog to getting jobs done was, well, the design work is in engineering and it's going to be another week or two before we get out of engineering because there was a big backlog. And you'd hire more engineers. And then when the sales would slow down and there would always be, you know, peaks and valleys. When the sales would slow down, you had too many engineers and they weren't super busy. So it wasn't really efficient. So a lot of companies still use in-house engineers, whether they're small or large. And the engineers, I've never met a solar engineer that wasn't good. Their heart's in the right place. They're always doing the right kind of work, trying to make sure that the system's going to be designed efficiently and safely. But I found that it's much more cost-effective to completely outsource the engineering. You get a fixed fee for the plans. So a plan set might cost you, you know, $350, $400, $500, and you just send the specs to a, an engineer, and then maybe a week later or three days later or maybe pay more for expedited services, you get them back and they're perfect. When you get very busy, you can outsource to more engineers. And there's actually companies out there that run a very efficient outsource engineering services. Everything's online. And it'll really improve your efficiency and reduce your costs. You may have to make some changes with your full-time staff, but it's going to help. All right, next one. This is how you compensate your salespeople. And this is one of the other surprises I had. I suggest you go to a tiered sales compensation, a simpler structure. It's subtle, but it's going to be a big overhead saver. Most salespeople are compensated on commission, say 4% of total sales. So the bigger the system, the more money they make. But what happens is the roof space is limited and a customer's electric bill might be small. So there's an incentive for the salesperson to do what I would call stuff the roof. Try and cram 22 panels on there when really maybe the homeowner only needed 18 and and maybe only 20 would fit. So what would happen is you'd kind of start and start the job and then when it gets to engineering or the installers are up there, they say, hey, there's no way we can put 22 panels on this roof. We can only get 18. So now you have to change the contract, change the financing documents, change the plans, go back to the customer, go back and forth, change the commission to the salespeople. It's a mess. It's a pain in the neck. It's expensive. So my suggestion is to avoid what I call stuffing the roof, is go away from a linear, linearly increasing commission base to a tiered sales comp. So for example, X dollars for selling a small system, say under 5,000 watts, Y dollars for selling a medium system, 5,000 to 10,000 watts, 
and Z dollars for selling a bigger system, 10 to 15,000 watts. So that way there's no more motivation for the salesperson to stuff the roof. Yeah, maybe you're going to get a little bit around the edges between 4.9 and 5.1 kilowatts, but not that big a deal. There's no motivation to sell the customer a bigger system than they need, and you're going to see a big reduction in your sales support, and most importantly, a very big increase in your installation velocity because the jobs are going to go through much more smoothly. We're using this tiered sales compensation process, and our jobs are typically done in 30 days, and that's from when we sign to when we're interconnected, and that's assuming that there's no kind of changes, but that's kind of typical. And that way, the customer is happier, they're saving money sooner, and your costs are much, much less. No contract changes, no mess there. So think about a, a tiered sales process. Last suggestion is something called integrated racking. Now, on the rooftop, doing things simpler is better. The more parts that an installer has to install on the roof, the more work that they're going to have to do. Plus, the more parts that you need to order, the more things you have to load on the truck. And everything that goes on the truck has to be carried to the roof and then assembled. So the solar racking systems, the things that go up on your roof, they have more parts than anything else in your system. I counted them up for a particular popular racking system. And I counted over 350 little fiddly nuts and bolts and clips and clamps and splices and rails and things like that just for one 5-kilowatt system. Now, the solution to that is something called integrated racking, and that was first released back in 2007. With these systems, the solar panel itself is changed so that the frame of the panel serves as the racking system. It also serves as the grounding system. So when I count up the parts on that kind of a system, I only get about 50 parts. Big reduction in the number of parts, and obviously fewer parts, faster it gets installed. Now, I mentioned that the solar panels are very slightly different. That's going to mean that they're a little bit more expensive. But then you don't have to buy these long 20-foot sections of aluminum racking. You don't have to warehouse. You don't have to carry it to the roof. You don't have to assemble it and ground it. The parts for integrated racking are cheaper. The labor is less. So what we're finding is we're saving over $1,000 in parts and labor on every residential job we do by using integrated racking. Now, there's another precedent for the Solar City, the biggest installer in the country. They're only installing an integrated racking system. Another system's out there available from Spice Solar. Full disclosure, it's something that, that I'm involved with, but it's just faster. So I'd suggest looking into some kind of integrated racking system. It's faster, it's cheaper. And that's a way, if you as an installer are able to do this faster and cheaper, the homeowner's costs are going to be lower. So kind of in conclusion, wrapping up, the price of rooftop solar is all over the map. There's some relatively minor differences in equipment costs, whether it's a high-end or a low-end system, one or $2,000. But the biggest costs are what we call soft costs. And there's huge differences in these soft costs depending on the type of installer you use. Suggestion, if you're looking for financing a system, I suggest getting a third-party loan so that you own the system. It's usually going to end up being much cheaper. If you're strapped for cash and you have no other option or if you just want to get solar you know, fast and cheap and not worrying about, leases and PPAs are out there. They're very popular. You'll have a system. It's going to work. You're going to be happy. But you might not get the best deal. The way to get the best deal is to find an installer that has an overall business model that's very efficient. Usually that's your smaller local guy that's really good at installing standardized, simplified systems, and it's not completely customized. And that way you're going to get a better system, not a better system. You're going to get the same system, regardless of kind of who you buy it from, but it's going to be less expensive and you're going to get a better return on your investment. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. 
Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. (music) 